granted that you have 100% attendance in church this year so far. So well done. Thanks for coming. I told you it was cheesy. And uh, so, uh, yeah, and we have, who's the youngest person here today? Is, you're putting your hand up, Paula. Yeah, really. <laughs> do we have any, babe, any new babies? Oh, we do. How long, how old? Three months. Wow, congratulations. Ashley's here. We didn't get to say congratulations to him last week for his beautiful daughter. Daughter. Did I say beautiful body? Beautiful daughter. <laughs> Okay, tell me, tell me when we're recording, and then I'll, uh, I'll focus. I'll focus. Congratulations to you, Linda, and your beautiful daughter. And it's Cat Hall's birthday today. Is she in the house, in the room? She's in kids' servant, so you can wish her a, a happy birthday this morning. So I just want to say, uh, have a blessed new year, 2000, or 2020. It's going to take a bit of getting used to. Be filled with its presence, and I just want you to overflow with this hope in 2020. I'm sure we can do that because we have a God who's consistent with us. Uh, I don't know about you. Anybody make any New Year's resolutions? Like you, That's your thing. You do it every year. You make a New Year's resolution. Anybody do that? No, I make the same two every year. Probably well uh, first than what they are. Now I've done it since we were married 23 years, 24 years coming. I make the same two resolutions every year. I have consistently stuck with them and carried them out and be consistent in that every year. How good am I? You're not impressed. First one is to stay married. No kidding. To the same woman. And we've done that. And we have a brilliant marriage. So I wouldn't care if you're, if you're married. Make that your New Year's resolution. To have a happy and great flourishing marriage. Far too many nonsense talk around marriage. Marriage is the best thing for society, culture, and for the whole of, of the world. And the other one is just to stay following King Jesus. That's my consistent two things every year, to stay married to Michelle and to follow Jesus Christ of Nazareth and to keep our relationship still the same. So I want to recommend those to you. Please do the gym, stop smoking, do whatever you need to do, but follow Jesus. He's the best, best thing and decision you could ever do. So here we are, new decade, 2020. I don't know, what, what did you imagine when you heard those words? Like, you remember 1999, I talked about this last week. And we were all like buzzed up and everything was going to crash. The internet was going to crash. What were we going to do? We were going to be driving about in hoverboards around Scotch Street and in the square. And uh, robots would be serving, you know, a hologram would meet you in Tesco's and all our available stores. You know, you wouldn't be... What, what was your... Uh, maybe you've been uh, a bit disappointed, are you? What was your imagination for, for the 2000s, 2020? What did you imagine in the 80s or 90s would be, be happening? Anyone want to shout out? Oh, okay, no aspirations, no imagination, uh, just whatever, whatever comes along. Well, I hope you haven't been too disappointed. But I, uh, what I want to do this morning is I want us to take hold of all the Father has for us this year. I want us to take hold for all he has for you as a family this year. I'm going to talk to us corporately about us being a church, but if you're visiting with us, please apply this to your life. There'll be some personal application, of course, for you, for your friends, and for your family. And, uh, and as we do that, let me just invite my friend, Holy Spirit, to turn up his presence among us, because he's really present among us anyway. That's a given. Uh, but I just want to ask him to increase his presence, to make himself uh, evident in the room this morning. So Holy Spirit, come. Fill us again at the start of a new year. Would you fill us afresh with your spirit, with your power? Would you come and be our best friend? Would you lead us this year? Would you guide us this year? 
Would your voice be the loudest in our lives, the, the constant in our lives, the one that turns all the other sounds and volumes down? And would you help us to just prioritize King Jesus again this year and pledge our allegiance to you, Jesus? We say that Jesus is Lord at the start of this year. And we invite you, King Jesus, to come by your Spirit and have your way here and now. In the strong name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray. Amen. If you were here last week, um, I want to just talk about, just a comment I made, because you could take it one way, or, and it could sound like it's, it's apathetic, but it's absolutely not, and I want to lean into that this morning. I talked about the pressure of having a vision. Us pastors, every year, we feel the need, you know, it's Christmas is crazy. Sharon read out all that happened in Outward Focus Christmas. It was crazy, 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 crazy fun, actually. Uh, some brilliant stories. I love now that people think it's normal that the vineyards show up. I love it that they think it's normal that we're consistent in caring and uh, bringing the good news of the gospel through, for, uh, through providing for the poor and the broken and the marginalized in our society. I love that that now has become the normal. Now, don't ever become familiar with it because familiarity breeds contempt. We know that. So we always find freshness in the familiar because what we do is good and what we do is the kingdom of heaven. And so we do all that, but then there's this pressure that, oh, we're in the January, it's the first of January, big vision, New Year talk, what are we going to do? Uh, so last week I said that we, um, as we embark on a decade, that there's no pressure. There's no pressure of having a vision for the new year, for the 31st of December to get us into to January but what I want to say in that is that God speaks, regardless of the date, regardless of the decade, that God speaks, and he speaks through the church. And what he does through you, the family of God, is he leads us and guides us. And what you do personally drives us corporately, because we're made up of body. And wouldn't it be sad if I was the only voice? You don't have to uh, respond, by the way. Wouldn't it be sad if I was the only voice you were constantly hearing? Yeah. They're kind of dangerous too. His voice is the best voice that we could have in our lives. And when we lean into his voice and his guiding, we have a more sustainable future. We have a more, we have a bigger and better vision. Jesus' vision is way better than I could imagine. He can do miraculously, imaginably more than I could ever dream or imagine. He's so kind to us. And as we, uh, again, the Romans actually started the calendar. Do you know that? And Caesar gets a lot of the, the claim for that, but it happened way before Caesar. They started the calendar as we know it, and they made January the 1st. And so we know that God didn't set the calendar. God actually sets the seasons in life. He sets the times in life. We believe in that. There was a point at times at the right time Jesus Christ of Nazareth came on to this face of the earth. We know that God sets the seasons and that he brings rhythm and he brings reset also into our lives. God can speak to us at any time. I love that he does that. New year or otherwise. So what we need to do, and what I'm saying to us today as a family, as a church, as a community, for you in your life, that we need to be ready to hear him in every season. Are you with me? We need to keep our ears constantly open to what he's doing among us. And so I want to play a video that I have played, by, played before, but this really stirred my heart again this year as we were just as I, was, I wasn't speaking in December, it was great. Um, you probably benefited from it too. Uh, Michelle did a phenomenal job. Uh, but what I did in December was just listen to the voice of the Father. What does he have for us as a community? What is he speaking over us? What is it that we've, we, we need to uh, keep stirring 
from what he has given us as a community of faith. And, and this video again was brought to my attention, brought to my mind. It was, it was first given to us as a church on the 12th of October 2018. Some of you were in the room when, the, when this word was given. The word was given for Michelle and I for the church, and we weren't there. But we thank God for modern technology. Somebody in that moment pulled out their phone uh, at our first ever Irish Leaders Conference in Lisbon. They pulled out their phone and recorded it for us. So I'm sorry I've given you no cue time at all, but can we play it? Great. Super. Lord. Okay. Um, um, I saw a picture of your church earlier in worship. And it was large. It was large. And it like, it had weight to it. It had like gravity and weight to it. And I just feel like one of the things you're to receive tonight is renewed faith for growth. I know good things are happening. But there's like a significant, significant church that he's bringing into being and I think it's happening sooner than later and it's been wonderful so far but it is bigger it is bigger and I feel like your church is going to just mold together kingdom impact, power of the Holy Spirit wild stuff and also deep formation it's going to be a church of depth and gravity and it's going to grow large and I saw it as like the biggest landmark in your town. So Holy Spirit, would you fall on this church and Jason, Michelle, and Caleb for his 21st? Would you release power and anointing and faith and resources? We pray that there would be a large, regional, influential church with powerful worship, incredible compassion ministry, Holy Spirit, would your ministry be just exploding out of that church and even out of the streets? We pray for healing and deliverance and dramatic conversions. We pray for the prophetic to be off the charts. And we pray that men and women and children could not exist in that locality without being drawn and attracted and knowing where Dungannon Vineyard is. And it is a home. It is a place of welcome. So receive the blessing of the Lord. So there you have it. Pretty cool, eh? So it can be just a word and we can get all excited and go home and have lunch and say, oh, that's great, it's going to be a great year. But there's more than that. There's a partnership in that. There's uh, ears to hear and eyes to see and hands to also to the, to the way. There was also some other words that we were given, not in January, but actually in February um, of just last year, at the start of the year, when we celebrated our 15th birthday. And Michelle's going to come and just, um, just give out some of those words for us this morning, just so that we can hold them in our hearts. And not even just hold them in our hearts, but actually, yeah, that we'd hold them into our, our lives and into the community that we call this church. Yeah, just um, <clears throat> one of the things that Jason and I really felt compelled with after, in the same season as we received this word from Andy Smith, and, and then when it came to celebrating our birthday, we just really felt that so often we um, get prophetic words or we long for prophetic words, and we, we you know, and that's a good thing. We want to hear from God for ourselves as individuals and as churches and all that, but... Um, 
it's really important that we just don't write them down and, and put them in our journals and pack them away somewhere. But actually, there's, a, there's an active part of it where we need to steward them, where we need to pray over them, where we need to water them, and because they're like seeds that need to grow. And if they are of the Lord, they will grow and flourish. But there's also an active participation on our part. And I think in the last year, the Lord's really been speaking to us about that and how, how can we do that? So as a church community, how can we steward what we feel the Lord's saying to us? And how can we step into those things as opposed to just writing them down and packing them away on ourselves? Um, and so some of the words that came from that evening, I don't know how many of you were here for our 15th birthday celebration and we'd invited our other, um, the other pastors of the vineyards to come along and just speak over us as a church and what they had for us. Um, and so this is just a highlight of some of them, of what was said. Um, Lynn Archer, she talked about there being um, clouds that she could see VCD as a cloud. And, and to the other side of it, there was three more tiny clouds coming alongside. And she felt that they, they represented um, churches. Um, we, and Ben from Derry, he talked about it was a time to take some ground geographically, uh, which again tied in with what Andy said. Um, there was uh, words about um, the next 15 years that there was going to be like a shift in the area of how it was made up geographically in this area in um, Tyrone, that we were to keep our eyes open for areas and places that have the power now, but that that power was going to shift and change. And that was something for us to be ready for and that so that we would already be in, um, prepared in advance for what God was going to do. Um, Andy Smith again talked about us being an important church in this area and region. Um, he also said that God's eye was on us um, and that he was uh, like watching over us, but also with a delight and also that there was a new season coming for us um, and a new season of opportunity for us as a church. Someone else talked about us having our unique frequency and this one really struck with me that we had our own unique frequency like our own unique sound um, as a family and as a church and that um, that anyone can hear us and there's just this sense again of tuning in to okay God what is it that you have uniquely it's almost for me it was like what is God's unique song over us what's his unique song that he sings through us as a family that when we're out and about and we're doing our normal lives what's the song what what do people hear from us here um and so, yeah, is that anything else you want to add? To that? Is that okay? I could start preaching. I could do what he does when I'm speaking. But... Oh, yeah. So let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 5. I'm going to help us navigate some of these things that God says over us corporately. But also, God's speaking to you throughout the year, maybe spoken to your life last year. I want to help you with some things and how we respond, some lessons that we can learn. Thank you. Does anybody need scripture? Can I encourage you to form some healthy habits again at the beginning of a new year? One of those habits that is really, really important for the follower of Jesus Christ at Nazareth is that you read the scriptures daily. I'm not asking you to read the Bible in a whole year. For some of us, that's just way too much. As a, as a practice at your beginning. But could you read little and often? Could you try and engage with the ancient scriptures on a daily basis, year, for the entire year? Just try something. Download an app. Find something you find interesting. Try the Gospels. Read the Gospels and the Psalms maybe in a day. Uh, not them all. But try and take short snippets and try and read often and little and allow the Spirit of God through His Word to form you as a follower of Jesus. Also to pray. Open up your heart 
be with Jesus. That's what a disciple is. Someone who is with Jesus, becomes like him and does what he does. It's a definition of a disciple. So I encourage you again to use our prayer room. And also not just a prayer room once a week, but use fine habits, find a chair, find a space in your life, in your house even, where you can engage with King Jesus. Is that okay? Luke chapter 5. Jesus declares himself as the Messiah. Uh, he is finished reading up from the prophet Isaiah. He sits down and he said, The kingdom has come here and it is now it's active among you because I am the Messiah. And that was pretty, pretty big stuff in that time. And then he goes on and he preaches. And the crowd gets so big that we have our first pulpit in the scriptures, which becomes a boat. So it's really cool. So I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Sorry for that. The, the words are going to be on the screen. But if you're reading through the NIV, there's, there'll be very little difference. You can, you can track with me on that. So are you ready? Luke chapter 5. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the Word of God. I love that itself. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. They were done for the day. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out to where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing. We didn't catch a thing. And Peter, what he's saying at this moment, he's being very polite to Jesus, this 30-year-old Messiah rabbi. What he's saying is, Jesus, brilliant teacher. You know the scriptures, but I'm a fisherman. All right? You know, you know what I'm saying? So if I was to get up here and lead worship, you would say, nah. Stick to the preaching. Okay? So this is what, this is what Peter's being kind to Jesus said. Jesus, stick to the teaching. Let me do the fishing. And... Uh, yeah, you know how to teach, but this is my area of expertise. But listen to Peter's follow-up. By the way, has Jesus ever spoke to you and give you a solution? You're like, nah. You ever find that? You, you've needed a solution. You've worked hard. You've been trying stuff. And Jesus gives you a solution through somebody, through the ancient scriptures, through that still small voice. And you thought, nah. Anybody ever done that? Is it just me? You've worked so hard, you're thinking, couldn't be possible. I've worked so hard, I've tried everything in my own resources, but no, it's just not possible. Is it, is it just me, or are you just all sitting on your hands? Thank you, some honesty in the room. Yeah, we can be like that, it's human nature, it's that we want solutions, but when the solution comes, we're like, no, I don't think so. So, and, and, and we find that actually, you try different things and you don't, they don't work. Actually, the story of coming to Dungannon in 2004, 2005, People told us the common story, the common thread, the common uh, advice that people gave us was that um, people have tried that. Here comes another church. People have tried that. It doesn't work. People have re worked really hard at that. People are way smarter than you, Jason. People that have, have come and they've worked really, really hard and didn't work. Pay attention to whose voice gets influence in your life. But I love this as a top tip for 2020. Are you ready for this? Here's Peter's response. But if you say so, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Small phrase, powerful impact. Small phrase, powerful impact. Whatever you've been trying, 
Whatever you have a problem with at the minute, whatever you need a resource for, whatever your dream is, whatever your frustration is, whatever it is that you've been dreaming or the Lord's been dreaming over your life, whatever it is for your family, for your job, for your situation that you find yourself in at the moment, I would say to you that let your response be if the Father speaks in his kindness and his grace and his wisdom and his humility and his just his outrageous generosity that he brings time and time again through the voice of the Holy Spirit. If he does speak to you, reply. But if you say so, I might have doubt, but if you say so, if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. I'll give it another shot. I'll give it another try. How many of you have tried and tried and you've just thought, it's not worth it anymore? Frustrated, disappointed, you've tried things, you've just been. And then the Lord says, He just speaks that still small voice into your life drop the nets, drop the nets again. And let that be your phrase again. Let me just reiterate that phrase. But if you say so, I've listened to plans, I've listened to people, I've listened to best strategy. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout of help brought their partners, those who were in the business with them, in another boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Nets tearing, boats sinking. Nets tearing, boats sinking. And then when Peter realized what had happened to him, he fell on his knees before Jesus. He says, oh Lord, please leave me. I, I can't deal with this. I, what, what was that moment I tried and I've read different theologians on that? His response is, I'm a sinful man. Could it be he was just, his mind was just so offended that his, he just sort of felt like, I just didn't believe you. I did it, but I did it even unbelieving. Have you ever done that? Have you ever responded to Jesus' words in your life and you do let the net down, but you still don't believe? Yeah, I've done that. And then Jesus shows up and all of a sudden we're amazed again as if he would show up again. And it's like, ah, what am I going to do with myself? You think I would have learned by now. Is anybody else like that in this space today? Yeah, that seems to be my story more often than not. He, 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 he's, he's, he said, please leave me. I'm a sinful man. I have doubts in my heart. I don't even trust. For he was awestruck. The reason why he's, he's, he's absolutely amazed and awestruck by the number of fish they'd caught, as were the others that were with him, the scripture says. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were also perplexed, amazed, and wowed. And Jesus replied to Simon. I think this is a strange reply again. Given the moment that they had a problem, there was no fish, and all of a sudden there is fish. Nets are tearing, boats are sinking. And the first words that Jesus says to him is, don't be afraid. Why would he be afraid? Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. This is a brilliant story, isn't it? I love it. So much to learn from it. Jesus is saying, church, people, families, individuals, VCD. Jesus is saying, guys, when you've been working hard at this, but it seems like there's nothing happening, let me give you a new strategy. The only thing that's different in this story is Jesus says, throw the nets over on the other side. That's the only difference. Now, this is not a cruise ship. All right, so other side is not miles. Are you with me? I'm an expert in fishing. 
right? The other side of that style of boat was not a humongous boat. It was simply meters probably. Feet. And sometimes it's the simple small steps that lead to a bigger difference. When he speaks and when he's doing it. And sometimes we can work frantically. Sometimes we can work fanatically. Sometimes we can just frustrate ourselves and all around and the rooms that are around us probably at the same time. But what Jesus is saying, and I love this, is that he's saying, let me help you reposition yourself for what I'm doing and what I want to give you. And that's all they had to do. They just had to reposition themselves. But it wasn't just their physical selves that they repositioned. The one thing, the most important thing, listen to me, church, for your life for 2020, for your individual life, for your family life, for whatever God speaks into your life, the biggest thing that you have to reposition is your thinking. Your thinking. Because how are we renewed? How, how does renewal, how does awakening happen? How does things come alive in our lives? It's through renewing your, your mind. Resetting your thinking. People have said stuff over your life. People have spoken over your life. You've done that. You've tried it. It's hard work. People have done it before you. It's hard work. Forget it. It's not happening. Move on. Move on with your life. How many of you feel like that this morning as you begin a new year in 2020, a new decade actually? How many of you actually feel like, you know what, I've, Jason, I've heard all these talks before. Maybe you're a little cynical. Pay attention to your emotions this morning. And this is not about me. But this is about you. Pay attention to your emotions even when you're engaging in a talk like this. Maybe for some of you, and I totally understand that because sometimes I'm there, you know, you go to a conference, you go to another church and you hear a speaker. And I, sometimes when I'm tired and weary and his voice is not the loudest voice in my life, when I've not spent time with King Jesus, not uh, had the Holy Spirit be my friend during the day, sometimes I, I just come to this point, well, I've tried that, I've done that. Easy for you to say. Pay attention to your emotions. The thing that we need to reposition more than our physical locality and, and anything else, our hands, our work, is that we need to reposition our thinking. We have to do something different if we want to see the kingdom of God expand and grow. Those words that were given to us as a church, as a family house, we can say, yeah, 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 we're going to be the best and the greatest. Yoo-hoo, it's all about us, right? No. It takes us to start to engage and to reposition our thinking and to throw the net on the other side. When he says so. When he says so. That's the most important thing. How you doing? Good. More than do something different, like I said, we have to think differently. We change the way we think. We change who we are by changing how we think. This is not, by the way, what I'm not saying today, hear this, I am not saying think your way into something. This is not positive thinking. This is not some self-help book. This is the ancient scriptures. This is renewing your mind. How do you renew your mind? You do it by spending time with King Jesus. You do it in the presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. You don't empty your mind. This is not mindfulness. This is spirit-filled thinking, spirit-filled living. This is walking in step with my friend, Holy Spirit, when he's speaking, when he's whispering, when he's giving us our best thoughts. Are you with me? There's a huge difference. Huge difference. I know there's a lot of stuff out there at the moment on mindfulness. Empty in your mind. All these things to, to try and, and, and calm us. But Jesus is the smartest man on the planet. It was him, King Jesus said thousands of years ago, this 30-year-old rabbi Messiah told us to be anxious for nothing. So he does know that there is a solution for our lives to live an anxious free life in an anxious world. 
So trust Jesus, people. Trust King Jesus is what I'm offering you this morning. And what I love about this is that they caught nothing. And then they had it in abundance. And sometimes church and life and family and work and relationships feel like there's nothing happening. Do you want to hear the confessions of a pastor? You could gossip. You could tweet. We were trying to sum up 2019, Michelle and I, and, and honestly, and this is not negative actually, so much good stuff happened. Like we had our best give a day to Dungannon. We had a, a brilliant outward focused Christmas. We had new friends. We had people come to faith. We had people uh, healed from sicknesses and illnesses. We'd seen people move into jobs. People start businesses. We've seen our community made better and livable again for our left foot, right foot thinking and, and getting up, showing up when God has called us and even when we feel like Nothing's happening. But for me, there was no wow factor in that year. Like I thought stepping into 2018, there would be like we would double in size and all, this, all these things were to happen. And not a lot had happened, but yet the kingdom of God was still at work. Are you with me? But sometimes, well, um, and if I was to take on that thinking, that mindset that, well, not, not a lot really happened in 2019, you could probably argue and say, Jason, kit yourself on, quite a bit happened. But I'm just telling you what my experience is and my thinking was, if I actually lived that way, then I, that could actually sabotage God's dream for us as community this year. Because this is what I want to say. Are you with me? Your past experience or even lack of it has nothing to do with the generosity and grace of God pouring into your life here now. Because these guys experienced nothing. They worked hard. They knew how to work. They were fishermen. They were, that was their trade. And by the way, this wasn't some small working class business thing. That was the main thing to be in it that day. And they had more than one boat. So they had boats. I don't know if they had more than two boats. I would say they had. They had quite a good business. This wasn't just small fry stuff. This was pretty lucrative business they were in. And yet they worked so hard and they saw lack and they saw nothing. But their experience of the lack and their experience of the nothing had absolutely silch to do with the generosity and the grace God was pouring into their lives at that moment. And I want to say to you with all confidence that you may have experienced lack in 2019. You may have thought it wasn't much of a year at all. Nothing really happened in your life. And you've seen more disappointments and ups. You had more trials and things you thought were going to happen. You thought you were going to see breakthrough in family and life and job and relationship or whatever it was. But that experience has no bearings at all on what God can pour into your life at any moment and any time. Do you believe me? I'm not trying to hype anything up this morning. I'm just trying to read the experience that happened in the ancient scriptures. And by the way, this is not a parable. This is a historical fact that happened with Jesus and people. Jesus and flesh. So this is good. Your past experience or lack of it has nothing to do with the generosity and the grace God is pouring out into your life. He doesn't work that way. He doesn't work that way. He's so kind. You may say, well, I've not seen anything. Well, I want to say to you this morning... If you've not seen anything and he speaks, let your reply be, but if you say so, I'll go again. If you say so, I'll go again. Obedience. Obedience is always the key. I always say, how do we measure spiritual maturity here at the vineyard? Well, the best way that I, can, I think that we could actually measure spiritual maturity is, and I've said this time and time and time and time again, is the length of time it takes you to respond when the Father speaks and you obey. And the shorter that time, the more mature you, you become. Does that make sense? 
That, that's how you, it's not, I, I'm, I mean, I do love the ancient scriptures. I read them every day. I encourage you to read the scriptures every day. Pray, spend time with King Jesus. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life. Invite others into your life. Be outward focused. But the most important thing that you can do is obey Jesus and obey him quickly. Keep that short. Keep that when he speaks to you, respond very short. And that will help you become a mature follower of King Jesus. Does that make sense? So we want our dreams to be under his lordship and his voice. This is what God is doing with us as a church. He's simply saying, I feel in 2020, to throw our nets over to our side. If we're going to become, and by the way, this, this, this is not an ego thing. These words that were given, when God says that we are going to be an influential church, when, he, when, when Andy feels that's what the Father's saying, we're not saying that Andy's a prophet and... Uh, you know, lust saith the Lord. This is not a lust saith the Lord moment. Uh, because if he is saying that and he gets it wrong, you all have permission to stone him. Okay, because that's how it works in the Old Testament, okay? New Testament prophecy is slightly different. All right? But my, my, my take on us being an influential church, a church of significance, has nothing to do with our size. It has nothing to do with how many chairs we put out. It has everything to do with the capacity of our hearts for others. Are you with me? Yeah. Our influence, not inside the walls, but our influence outside the walls. You're only here for an hour. God forbid, God forbid that this was our only influence. God forbid that this was the measure of success. How many people show up on a Sunday? It would be so sad, wouldn't it? But our influence and our, 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 our song and our, our frequency is what's heard out among the people in the marketplaces and the streets and the corners and the villages and the towns. And therefore, Macrofelt came on the scene. And it, for me, honestly, it felt like I've been working hard all year. I've tried things. But my response was still, and Michelle's response was, but if you say so, we'll let the nets down again. But if you say so, we've tried that, we've actually been there before, but if you say so, we'll let the nets down again. So I want to give us two things we can learn as a community, for us corporately as we lean into planting another church in the Mid-Ulster area. Because realistically, I know it's Michelle and I feel called this, but this is... This is wider. This is, this is us as a family in this together. We get to do stuff. That we get to be influential. That, that we actually pay attention to the words that were spoken over us. And what I do with any word of God, I try it out and I test it. First of all, does it, does it, does it promote the kingdom of heaven? It's my question. Does it, does it do good for society? Does it line up to the ancient scriptures? Is anything contrary to the word of God, to the ancient scriptures? Is anything uh, at opposites with what God is doing on the earth and what God has spoken through the scriptures? No. Will it erase faith in people's hearts? Will it bring us further and deeper into his love and into community and into friendship with God and others? And if those things are starting to line up, then I'm pretty okay with what the Father's saying. And then we'll begin to investigate and to try out and to explore what the Father has for us. And move into what he has for us. So here's just some, here are some things that I feel that, that God is saying to us. And that we can learn to that. 
Um, again, let me go to the response of Simon Peter. He realized what had happened. He fell to his knees before Jesus. And he said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a simple man. For I'm awestruck by the number of the fish that were caught. I didn't think you would show up, but now you've just totally confused my mind. You've offended my mind. My heart needs to catch up with my mind. That's what I usually find happens with me. And I'm just awestruck. And, I'm, 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 and then his friends, they come along too. And they're so amazed. Like, oh, we didn't think it would happen that way. That's what they're saying. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. Jesus is saying, the first thing I love, Jesus' response is, don't be afraid. Why? Because, strange thing to say after God's abundance. Remember when we talked about repent and believe? Of course you do. I assume that you listen on a Sunday morning. Remember that whole thing we did on the kingdom culture? The dominant story of God. Please help me out here. Even lie. I would appreciate it. Never, you know... (laughs) You know what I mean? Even if even, we'll call it faith, not lying. Okay, God would bring it to your remembrance this afternoon. But right now, you're choosing to believe that you know, and you remember. Repent, and believe. Repent is metanoia. Meta is to change. Noia is the mind. In our modern language, is to have a paradigm shift. I love that word paradigm shift, but really and truly, I don't really know what it means. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like God comes and he, explode, he explodes your mind and that's a paradigm shift. But what do you do with that? It just explodes your mind. But I need a wee bit more than that. So the, the, the dictionary definition, I think, is that the modern language is to have a paradigm shift, is to allow the already held concepts and thought patterns to be overtaken by new concepts and new thoughts. Does that make sense? So you're replacing. You're replacing. Renewal is renovation time. Rethinking. And so therefore, for me, what I've discovered, in two, one of the things I discovered in 2019, probably a bit in the 2018, that one of the things has just been a, an overarching thought for me, is the opposite of faith is not believing. The opposite of faith is fear. I mean, we can believe things, but still be held captive by fear. Even the, even the demons believe in Jesus. Right? So that a belief system is not, not going to change the world. Having a belief system is not going to change the world. Having activity and stepping forward into action changes the world. You can believe anything you want, but not change anything and not reposition yourself. So opposite of faith is not believe and it's, it's fear. Believe is just to be open. Allow God's concepts that your mind is open to his wildest possibilities. So keep that in mind, right? And these are two learnings that I've learned from reading this text this week. The learning for us, for you as an individual, for us as a family and as a church, as we lean into a new decade. Responding to an answer as if it was a problem. Have you ever done that? Responding to an answer from God as if it was a problem. You're thinking, no, it doesn't make sense, Jason. Well, actually, this is what's happening in this moment. Nets are tearing, boats are sinking. They're amazed. God has to, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that young 30-year-old prophet, Messiah, has to say to him, the first words that he says to them is not, slow down guys, slow down, relax, don't get too excited. The first words he says to them is that, believe. Change your thinking. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm just, I'm doing this because I want to teach you something else. In fact, the, the beauty of this story, which I never caught on to before, is that when they get back on the shore, they leave it all behind, even what Jesus gives them at that time, and they go off and follow him immediately. Isn't that funny? No, just I thought it was funny. God shows up and he speaks. 
and I know nobody does this, but there's probably other churches out there. And if you're a visitor, it's probably your church. No, I'm just joking, just joking. Just. That is a joke, 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 okay. Do we grumble and complain that when God shows up? I do. I do. Sometimes God shows up and I complain. Sometimes I pray for stuff and God answers and I say, well, that's just not a problem. I don't have enough hours in the day. Who's going to do PowerPoint? Who's going to do kids' work? How we, you know, what are we going to do? And you ask for it and God shows up and you say, oh God, bring us the lost and the broken. And then the lost and the broken show up and you're like, oh God, bring us the healthy and well. <laughs> the difference again, like I said last week, the difference between concept and commitment are two different things. Think dog, think puppy. And here's what happens. Our complaining can abort our dreams. Now, I don't believe what some people believe that complaining sabotages God's future in your life. I don't believe that. I believe His grace is too much, too, too, too outrageous and too extravagant. Man, if that was the case, I would never be here. I don't believe that God wipes out our future and the plans and the purposes in us because we complain at times, because I complain sometimes, and I'm still here. Do anybody else complain? Danny, you complain? Oh, brilliant Iris. Iris goes. <laughs> he does. And she does it so brilliantly that I had to think about it. I said, does anybody else complain? And Iris just goes. <laughs> he does. But we're all glad Iris doesn't complain, right? <laughs> she is a woman. What does that mean? Um, that means I behave. Okay. But what does happen is that too many of our dreams get binned before they even get started because of our complaining. We allow the complaining, we allow the problem to become the overarching thing in our minds. And then we complain and we grumble and we never see it happen. Has any ever got a brand new job? And you're so, you prayed for, prayed for the job, you prayed for the job, you prayed for the job. You get into the job, you get in the first day, you get down to the tea room, the canteen, and all of a sudden there's people in there and they just wind you up the wrong way. And you think to yourself, what have I moved for? Why did I take this job? This is the worst thing ever I could have done. I've made a mistake. Responding to an answer as if it was a problem. God speaks and God does some stuff. And we need to trust in his goodness that if he brings the, the dream, he brings the solution and he brings the provision. But it always, never just happens at once. Never, never, ne hey, listen, 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 this is good, good stuff. Guys, could we pay a wee bit of attention this way? Because I get way distracted when people have conversations on their own. This is, this is really important for you. Sometimes we conclude that if there's a vision, that provision will be there before it. Provision never, in my experience, often, sorry, not can't do an absolute, but often at times, because God gives vision, the provision's never there at the start. It's this walking into God's vision, into God's future, into our lives, doesn't mean that the provision's there at hand right away. Have you ever experienced that? 
this is the trust in it. There's the, there's the walking with God. There's the left foot, right foot in that. So don't respond to the answers if it was a problem. There will be things that will be challenging. And just on this macro felt thing, can I just keep that front and center for the moment? Make that the sort of one we're hanging our hat on. And then you can take what I'm saying into your individual lives and, and the other ministries that maybe you're leading or things that you're doing here at Vineyard Church Dungallon or wherever your church is. But if we're talking about Macrofelt, the first thing that I'm thinking when God spoke to us is this just just this is not a problem. You even think about it like I know I'm brilliant, like you know, and I can do lots of things, but I'm one person in one town living in <laughs> in Dungannon, and yet God calls us and says, I'm doing something in Mid Ulster, I want you to be influential, I want you to, to go there again, I want you to pick up that which you have left down years ago, and we do that, and so when we do that, we um we we, we God we, we pray and God answers it, but then all of a sudden I see a problem. I see a problem, but I, I need to learn and I've got better at this and I've got and this is what we all need to do is we need to get really, really quick at not responding with the problem. As if it were a problem, as if, if it's not a blessing. Does that make sense? Maybe I've laboured too much in that, but I hope that should be helpful for all of your life. When God answers, the, it's, not the, it's not a problem. And the second thing, similar to it, and we're getting close to finishing up here, uh, responding with a fear-based complaint. Anybody ever done that? I have done that. It's the opposite Again, a faith is not believing it's fear-based. It's fear. And often our complaints are fear-based. Don't be afraid. Our nets are breaking and the boats are sinking. It sounds amazing to have an influential church but in Mid-Ulster and all that. But as we took time out last year, Michelle and I in January, we prayed and we spoke to the Lord and we asked God, what have you got for us this year? What have you got for us in the next decade? All those sorts of things that people do. And he answered... And he said, pick up what you left down. We did that. We, got a, we, we started investigating Microfield. And he said, I'm giving you more. And it's so easy then to respond in fear. It it's, it's, it's must be the, I don't know what it is within the human psychic, but often our first, thought, our first response is fear. And maybe it's a society we live in. Maybe we're just sort of swimming in anxiety. And, and we've seen that in, in culture and, and young men and women taking their lives. And it, all around us, you don't need to be a psychiatrist, a doctor, a physician, counsellor to, to pick up on that. But often, our response is a fear response. And what that does is when fear dictates, it, it sabotages his favour in our lives. We allow fear to sabotage the favour of God. So we're planning again for Microfelt. So what are some of the fears? What are some of the fears? I'm asking you a question. What do you think? What's some of the fears in this room? Honestly. We're family, so I need to hear them. What's some of the fears? No one to turn up, yeah? Where's the money come from? I like that man there. (laughs) Go ahead. Somebody said something here? Brilliant. Does anybody feel that? You neglect the ministry here. That's a possibility. It's not a possibility, but it's a reality. But we can do things to change that together as a family. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that can be a complaint and a, a real fear all at the same time. Anything else? Yeah. People let you down. People say they're going to show up. People say they're going to 
get on board or and even in here that we maybe feel that people will let us or maybe you made me feel that Michelle and I could let you down. God forbid. <laughs> but what if we respond with fear based or sorry, let me say that, let me just get this right because this is really important. What instead of responding with fear based we instead responded by favor based gratitude? What if we did that? Let me say it again. What if we, instead of being fear-based in our response, what if we actually responded with favor-based gratitude? That God, you are speaking to us. That God, you trust us as a community of faith. That you'd be so kind to, to give us some more. That you would favor us in this community because if we have heard the poor, the, respond, or the cries of the poor and responded, you've, you've given us people that have come in here and we've loved and we've become family. Because we have been trusted with little, God has given us much. And what instead of complaining and being fear-driven, we actually responded with grace, gratitude, that God was among us and doing stuff and is with us. And he wants to use us as a community of faith to reach a wider place and reposition not just ourselves physically, but more than that, that we reposition our thinking that God has so much for this wider area that he wants us, Finyard Church Dungannon, just to be one of the churches that's going to be part of God's renewal and awakening here in the Mid-Ulster area and throughout the island of Ireland. What if we responded with this is a favor thing, this is a good thing, this is a grace thing, and guess what? He's not choosing somebody else, but actually we're getting in on the party right from the get-go. That God would be so gracious to speak to us that yeah, there's going to be stuff and challenges and there's not going to be always provision right from the start. But he spoke and he'll deliver. And one of the things that we're not going to do out of fear is sabotage the dream that God has spoken over us as a community of faith. Okay. Who's going to pastor? What's going to happen? Let's just let's allow God to do the work. Let's trust them that we're in this together and we all get to play a part. What do you do with that in your life? Bring it down to whatever you do personally drives anything corporately anyway. Whether it's in your workplace or in church or your family life. Whatever you do, do has a knock-on effect. So whatever you do personally actually affects your family. Whatever you do in your workplace affects the organization or the, community or the company. So how do you do that? I want to encourage you, instead of complaining in your workplace this year, in your family, that you become a gracious person, that you seek the favor of God in your family, in your workplace, and you don't respond out of fear, that you don't respond out of complaint, that you respond out of a grace-favored gratitude. And thank God for the job you're in. Thank God for your family. Thank God for your community. Thank God for your village. Thank God for your church. Thank God for your brothers and sisters that you begin to be, instead of be a complainer, that you be a person that carries gratitude in your heart and that you respond to the goodness of God in every situation with thankfulness. And actually, it's one of the keys to defeating anxiety in your life. But that's a whole different story. Let me finish with this. I'm reminded that some of you left places and people to be here because he called you. Some of you have, have had to leave well, I don't know. If, could I say this? Yeah, I'm going to say it. Some of you have left your family church. And that's been a risk for you. 
You know, there's a bit of humiliation in that. There's a bit of risk in that. You're being associated with Vineyard Church Dungannon, the disco church. You know, uh, they don't even have their own building. Look at the place. I mean, I, I, there's a bit of risk in that. Some of you have, have had to lay down friendships that you formed with other people in our communities to, to be part of what God is doing because you felt God has called you to hear. I'm reminded about Davey and Nan's story, actually physically leaving Scotland to come and be part of this community of faith many years ago because they actually felt God speak to them. Who knew that God speaks today in the 21st century? God spoke to them. They responded, packed up their bags, sold their house, had to get a mortgage, go and find an estate agent here, come over, Davey's still working in Scotland, and coming back, back and forth, back and forth, buy a house here, move here, all that sort of stuff, and here they are. For now, why don't we honour them this morning? Now, that's not all of our story, okay? But I want to ask you the question, just as we finish, why don't you stand? Now, most of us, again, haven't left places, and some of us, fortunately and graciously, we haven't had to leave people or places. But just as we jump into all that God wants to do in your life personally, and in the life of Finyard Church Dungannon, and the life of Finyard Church Macrofield, and in this Mid-Ulster area, and Tyrone, can I ask you a question? What is it the Father is asking you to leave behind to find his favour and to join him in what he's doing this morning? What is it? Holy Spirit, speak to us. Would you be so kind to come and whisper into our hearts and our minds this morning? What is it that you need to leave behind this morning? Maybe for some of you it's just something so obvious as your past. Leave it behind. Leave your past behind. Is it a mindset? Leave it behind. Reposition your thinking this morning. Other side of the boat. What is he asking you to leave behind? Is it the complaints? Is it grumbling? Is it gossip? What is it? Is it fear? Is it fear-based thinking? What is it you need to leave behind this morning? What is it God wants you to leave behind so that you can enter His graceful, promised future for your life? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Have you missed it? Are you missing it that He's doing it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What's the new thing that's happening because we're thinking differently that we're missing it? So I pray for us this morning as a church and as a family. If you call this place your home and your family, I want to pray over you this morning if, you, if you'd allow me to do that as your pastor. So would you just, if, if, if you're comfortable, uh, and please, if you're from our church, please receive the blessing that God has given us. And, uh, and run with it this morning to your community, to your tribe, to your family. But would you just put your hands out this morning? I'm going to ask, just, I'm going to pray a very simple prayer this morning. Pray a simple prayer this morning. So we step into this new year.